On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I share with you the lessons I have learned during lockdown and I answer a question about entrepreneurship. Hello, what's going on? I hope you're well. Welcome to this episode number 25 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. For 52 weeks between the ages of 24 and 25, I'm going to be recording and releasing a weekly podcast to see just how much my life can change in a year. This is the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and it's a completely honest view into my life as I take on some fairly unusual things. And this episode right here is all about week number 25 in that journey. Right, hello, hope you're well. Hope you've had another good week, uh, a worthwhile week. I'll be honest with you, I really don't have a lot to tell you about this week, which is becoming a bit of a theme as we all go through this this lockdown thing. Uh, I don't know about you, but to me, this week has flown by. I'm not sure if it's because Monday was a bank holiday and so it feels like it's only really been a couple of days since the weekend, but it really doesn't feel like it's been a whole week since I recorded the last episode. It feels like it was maybe, I don't know, two days ago, three days ago max. Um, and yeah, to be honest with you, there's not there's not a huge amount to update you on this week. Um, you may have noticed, I hope you have noticed, that the artwork for this podcast is now uh, different. It's red rather than yellow. It's a different photo. It's a different font and so on. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I recorded the old artwork for the podcast whilst this whole podcasting thing was still just an idea. Uh, And in designing it, although I thought it looked cool, it didn't really take into consideration the like the podcasting ecosystem and how people discover podcasts in apps like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and uh, it didn't really bear in mind where that artwork needed to go. And so I, I couldn't help but feel that the old artwork was very dark, the fonts were very small, it was very obscure, and particularly when it's in like a little discovery section on Spotify with a tiny, tiny icon, you couldn't read uh, what it said, you couldn't really see my face. And so after much debate on Instagram, I had like 120 odd votes on which version to use. We eventually collectively arrived at the artwork, which you can probably see on your screen now. Uh, so that happened. Uh, also this week, my feet are slightly better. Um, if you've been around for the last couple of weeks, you'll know that I have been contending with what is officially known as bilateral Achilles tendonitis, or as I've been calling it, sore ankles. Uh, And you'll know that this dates back to the start of the month when I tried doing the couch to 5k with with little success. Uh, And you'll know that I was saying last week at least that things were feeling slightly better, my feet were feeling slightly better. And that was the case until Saturday when I tried once again to go on a walk I literally just tried to walk to the shops and I could not make it. I just couldn't walk. I was in so much pain that I got about a third of the way there. Uh, I was literally nearly had tears in my eyes. It was like some of the worst pain I've ever felt. So I had to like turn around, hobble back home and I booked another doctor's appointment. 
Uh, and this doctor, she was a little bit more proactive than the first one and she recommended all sorts. So she gave me a prescription for some anti-inflammatory medication. She recommended I do hot and cold therapy. She really pushed home the importance of more and more rest. And she even gave me a physiotherapy referral. And thankfully, right now, after getting on for three weeks of near continuous pain, things are getting better. Uh, I went for a walk yesterday, my first real walk since last weekend, and I didn't really have any pain. I'm not sure whether it's because the natural healing process was slowly taking effect or whether the, uh, the anti-inflammatory medication is doing its job, but yeah, I managed to walk without being in pain, which is the first time I've managed to do that in nearly three weeks, which was good because I know it sounds weird, but recently my inability to literally not be able to walk for the last couple of weeks has been really getting to me. Uh, I'm sure that at any other time in life it would have been fine or at least not as bad, but in a period of time like this when uh, I have literally nothing else to do but go on my little walks with a podcast in the morning. Not being able to do that for weeks on end has been shit. And so, not to make this podcast a weekly update about my ankles, but I'm actually really excited that they're nearly back to normal. And I think what I'm going to do is tomorrow morning, I'm going to go on my walk just after waking up. Um, though I don't think I'm going to be running anytime soon because, yeah just do not like the idea of my ankles slipping back into how they were this time last week. Uh, now, it's kind of related, what I just said, to what I want to talk about. And that's because everything I just said came about because of the coronavirus lockdown measures. The daily walks that I would go on in the mornings, the attempting to do a 5k run, the injury, and then the lack of being able to go on walks because of the inj uh, injury. Uh, it's a whole change of events, sorry, a whole chain of events that wouldn't have happened if life was going on as normal. And that's kind of what I wanted to reflect on this week in this episode. I want to talk about what has changed in my life because of the lockdown. It's been 10 or so weeks since I was last in the office in Wales and 10 weeks since any objective level of normality, right? And so in those 10 weeks, I have, just like I'm sure you have and everybody else has, we've been spending that time making new normals. And whilst I'm fortunate enough to say that truthfully not a great deal has changed in my life over those 10 weeks, there have been a few small things uh, which I think, which I hope, will stick with me as we slowly come out of the other end of this. So that's kind of what I want to reflect on this week. And I suppose the first thing is probably something that everybody can relate to. And it's that I believe this period has taught me that we all have more time in the day than we perhaps realised. Particularly when things such as travelling to and from work and those meetings which are essentially meetings for the sake of meetings are removed from our day, we all have so much more time. Before lockdown I would typically wake up at like half past eight in the morning, 
I'd get ready, I would feel like I have no time to do, sorry, no time to do anything in the mornings, I'd be rushing around, and then I'd get into the office just before 10 a.m. And I'd work through until about seven, randomly cramming in time for two meals whilst in the office, and then I would leave the office, rush for a train to go to the gym, do what I needed to do in the gym, rush towards the end because I needed to leave for another train, uh, get on that train and eventually be back home and ready for bed by around 11pm. And then because it's something that I uh, hadn't considered at the time, I'd often just sit on my phone for say another hour whilst in bed before finally getting to sleep around midnight. And in a sense, nothing was inherently wrong with anything I just said, right? It worked for me and it worked for me for Uh, probably that exact uh, structure I just told you, probably a good 18 months. Uh, It was definitely an improvement on the sleeping pattern or lack of that I once had. But on reflection, it also wasn't great. And so um, as any semblance of normality kind of fell apart in March, it was, like I spoke about at the time, Uh, a nice time for me to kind of try out some new things, maybe establish some new patterns, like what I spoke about in an episode a few weeks ago. Uh, And one of those new things that I tried out, and which has fortunately stuck, is the times at which I go to bed, and the time which I wake up. So generally, I've been trying to wake up at around 6am every morning, and then on the other side, I've been trying to be in bed ready to sleep by around 10pm. And whilst that doesn't sound like something which would have a huge impact, switching the hours that I would normally spend doing nothing in the evenings, you know, sat on my phone, in bed, not really doing anything, haven't got my laptop, haven't got any willpower or focus by that point, swapping those hours from, say, 10pm to midnight for two extra hours of productivity in the mornings between 6 and 8am, has made a massive change not only in how productive I am, but also how much time I feel like I have in the day. Uh, Waking up at 8.30 and not being in the office until 10, uh, on reflection, kind of feels like I was wasting my entire morning. And then by the time I had to leave the office to go to the gym, the following four or so hours between leaving the gym uh, and getting home to bed, uh, they seemed entirely unproductive. I mean, yes, in that period I'd manage a gym session, but uh, there was also two trains, and there was a wait at Cardiff Central, and there was a bit of a walk, and there was a bunch of time on my phone. So I think what I'm getting at here, although none of those points I just mentioned sound that related to each other, is that in the past, the normality of day-to-day life has had me, allowed me to fall into a pattern of spending my time without any real logic or reason, but rather spending my time in a way which just kind of fell in front of me. And I don't mean spending my time in the office in that way, because of course, I've done this for the last two years or so, I plan my working time the night before for the following day, every single day without fail, even on weekends, if I intend to work on a weekend, right? But it was more the the hours before working and the hours after working. There was no real logic behind them. They just kind of fell into place. And that means that there were bottlenecks in my day uh, whereby though I was awake for 
around 16 hours, maybe only 9 or 10 of those hours were spent doing anything worthwhile. But when my entire schedule, like everyone else's did, or most people's did, fell apart in March, uh, I took it as an opportunity to rebuild things, and I was able to establish new patterns which feel more worthwhile. Right now, it feels like every hour I spend awake is spent doing something with some kind of intent. And to be clear, I don't just mean working, because on the days when I do wake up at 6am, most of my work, if not all of my work, is is done and out of the way by 2pm. I mean, yes, I still need to uh, be checking emails because clients are still working. Yes, I still need to be by my phone. But I'm kind of done by like 2, 3pm, and that leaves me free to focus on other things. And it's nice for there to be for probably the first time since I left school to find buckets of time for other things that aren't just work. So rather than everything feeling like a blind dash from waking up to go to bed, there's there's kind of some more structure in the mornings and in the evenings, which were moments previously where I kind of just let anything happen. Other than, I have to be clear, other than the very beginning of the morning. I've always, I say always, for the last couple of years, I've always had like a morning routine and an evening routine, but those routines did not account for the three or four or five hours that I could easily spend essentially doing nothing because I hadn't planned, I hadn't considered the time, and so I just let it slip away. And so whilst it's inevitable that when things do get back to normal, there will be external pressures dictating how and where I must spend more of my time compared to now. Uh, One thing which lockdown has taught me is that I can be more in control of my time and that it's probably worth continuing the habit of being really mindful about how I spend my time. The time you wake up, the time you start working, how long you spend working, the times at which you have meals and what time you spend relaxing when you go to places like the gym and what time you go to bed. Are any of those things done at the best, the most efficient, the most logical times for you in your day? Or are they all just done kind of blindly crammed in around your fixed obligations? Because for me, it was definitely closer to the second option in the past. And so after lockdown, I'm going to do my best to plan all of my time more intentionally. Now, the second thing that lockdown has taught me is a weird one. It's, it's certainly going to sound really weird when, it, when I begin, but I think you'll understand where I'm going with this eventually. But let me start here. A few weeks ago, I downloaded that flight radar app, which lets you see the planes and helicopters that are around you. <laughs> and I, I told you this is going to sound weird, but stick with me, right? I downloaded the app and I actually found it quite interesting to be able to like see a plane in the sky flying over, tap on the icon and learn a little bit more about the plane, right? Uh, So I downloaded the app uh, and before long, before I realized it, I would and still do grab my phone uh, whenever I have a spare moment and I hear a plane flying over because I find it really interesting to look at where the plane took off from and look at where it's going and it's kind of cool to know the story behind a plane you're looking at 
And because there are way fewer planes in the sky right now, it's interesting to notice things like the fact that uh, a DHL cargo plane flies over my house every night at the same time in the same direction just before 10pm. Uh, you get the point. But anyway, what I'm getting at is this. Uh, because so many of the choices and so many of the stimulations that we normally have have been taken away from us during lockdown, I found myself becoming uh, intrigued and entertained and interested by more and more mundane things, like planes flying past and the massive red kites which hover in the air outside my window all day. And when I'm on walks, I notice things like the sound of bagpipes in the background near my house every single evening because Corby and, you know, basically Scotland uh, and how recently trees have been like changing colour and all of these things that I would never ever have noticed, all of these things which I've always ignored because over the years they turn into a background hum that we're just too busy or at least we think we're too busy to pay attention to. Uh, all the while we're, or at least I am, looking into the future and thinking about things in the future, right? So I'm like, oh, after this week of work, I can go to X gig, or in just three weeks' time, I can go to X place, blind to everything around us, and in a sense, because of that, never really living in the moment, never really being present. Now, I'm not suggesting that when lockdown's over... I'm going to suddenly become a plane spotter and start charting the growth of trees within a one mile radius of my house. Uh, but what I do hope is that I will be a little more awake to the things around me. Because there's this whole layer of life that we've all been missing for so long because we're constantly being smashed in the face by a hundred different kinds of stimulus. And over the recent weeks, I found it quite nice to be away from that to be living ever so slightly more in the moment. And so whilst it's not a big thing, whilst it doesn't necessarily make any uh, tangible change on my life, I actually hope that continues to, to just spend the moment every day kind of noticing things that would otherwise go unnoticed. And then I think the final thing I will take out of this lockdown is being more conscious of the fact that unexpected things can and do happen. If at the end of February, you were to tell me that just one month later, I would be stuck indefinitely in Corby, that the office would be closed, that we'd all be working from home, that there would be a global pandemic over our heads, that we as a country would be nosediving into the deepest recession in our history, the fact that I wouldn't see my dad for at least the next three months and counting, that any plans I had for the summer would be cancelled, that I was about to go months without seeing my friends, and that any kind of normality would be gone, I'm not sure I'd believe you. And that's not because we didn't have the warning signs, right? The, the warning signs of coronavirus, the warning signs of what this virus could and eventually would do, were all around us. They were all around me, right? At the end of February, the time I just mentioned, coronavirus was already very much a thing on all of our minds. I was in Paris the day when their marathon was cancelled due to coronavirus fears. 
And weeks before that, when I flew to Berlin, there were coronavirus warning posters all over the airport. Like it was very much a thing, but I just didn't really have it in me to believe that this worst case prediction that everybody was speaking of could and eventually would come true. And not only that, but I I didn't quite realize that anything had the ability to take over all of our lives so quickly and so suddenly. And whilst I'm not saying that I'm about to suddenly become a paranoid pessimist after lockdown, what I am saying is that uh, I think I will be more open to the idea and more recognizing of the idea that life can and will change very quickly and in very dramatic ways. And I'm not sure if that will help me live more in the moment. I certainly don't know whether that will help me be more prepared next time, Uh, but I just offer it to you as it is. I think that it will be an unavoidable hangover of what we've all just gone through. And that's it. They're the, I think they're the key uh, minor changes that I think I will take with me after lockdown. As well as all of that, there is, of course, uh, like new habits I've established, habits that I've dropped, uh, all sorts of other things. But I think as kind of fundamentals, as things that will probably stick with me, or at least I hope will stick with me, uh, they're the big takeaways. Not to suggest that this is over yet, not to suggest that we're in any way back to normality, but I think that we are going to very slowly gradient ourselves back towards normality now. And as we do that, I think it's going to be really easy for us to forget all of the lessons that we have learned during this period as we so desperately claw our way back to our old ways. And personally, I'm not keen for that to happen. Not that I'm not keen to be back to normal, of course I am, but I'm not keen to uh, forget everything that that we saw and that we felt and that we sensed during this because uh, although this situation has been bad for us all, I think it would be a shame for us all to have gone through what will probably be the most unusual period for our entire generation and for us to not take anything away from it. And so for me, that's it. Okay, and then I'm going to go straight into this week's question. Uh, This is from Ben on Instagram. And Ben, just like Richard did last week, has offered me a little bit of context around the question. Uh, So I'm going to read out the entire message that Ben sent and then share my thoughts, right? So Ben said this. He said, I think it's interesting to get your take Uh, though you're not necessarily qualified to answer this. He said, at school and at university, I was entrepreneurial and dabbled in a few things, but then joined a grad scheme. And although well-paid and what some would deem successful, I always regret not going down a more entrepreneurial route. What would you say to the people who have done, sorry, who have done the above, but also people who feel entrepreneurial uh, but never had that killer idea. Um, sorry, I lost my way whilst reading that. The, the question I think is essentially, uh, do I have any thoughts on or advice to offer to people who um, are entrepreneurial in their tendencies? They've had businesses in the past maybe, but then life has got in the way or life has taken them on another route and they feel as if 
they never really reached their true aspirations when it comes to business or even just business ownership. Now, firstly, I have to agree with Ben. I am not qualified to answer this question in the sense that I have never been on quote-unquote the other side, right? I've never had a real job. Uh, I've never been through the uh, the employment route and therefore I can only speak as somebody who has uh, taken the opposite path to Ben, judging from this message. But one thing I would say is this. In my opinion, being entrepreneurial, which is a word I don't really like, but being entrepreneurial is a word attributed to action far more than it is one attributed to a feeling or a personality trait, right? Uh, and that's that's kind of why I sit at odds with this word, because uh, it's a word which can be thrown around, but I think it is, or rather it should be used to describe action more than anything else. And by that, I mean that I don't become a cyclist by feeling like I'd quite like the feeling of being on a bike, right? I would become a cyclist by going through the process of riding a bike constantly for months or even years before I give myself that title. And it's kind of because I'm not qualified to answer this question, which makes me qualified to answer it. Um, Because I have done the, I guess, the opposite of the traditional path, right? And I spoke about this in episode number one. Uh, When me and Lewis were running Corby magazine back when we were like 15, 16 years old, um, the parents of our friends would literally, literally think we were fucking idiots because we were turning our back on something which to our peers seemed so important, that being GCSEs and a route into A-levels, which was a route into university, which was a route into a graduate job, which was a route into a job, right? And we were like, hold on, we can skip that entire process and the years and the debt and all of these things by just going straight into that thing that was called work. And uh, in thinking about this question, it, it made me think of a quote which I quite like, which is this. I don't know. I don't know who the quote is uh, attributed to officially because the internet loves to misattribute quotes. But the quote is, "You can have anything you want." but you can't have everything you want. And it's for the same reason that I recently sold my DJ decks, actually. I'll be honest with you, for the last three or four years, I really wanted to learn the skill of DJing. And a couple of years ago, I invested some money into it. I invested a hell of a lot of time into it, but I eventually found myself at a crossroads where, put simply, I didn't have time to do it. If I really wanted to focus on growing a business, I couldn't be spending some of my time trying to hold on to another aspiration of mine, no matter how strong an aspiration it was, right? I had to pick one or the other. And so I don't use that shit cycling analogy from a place of disrespect or snobbery, but more from a place of recognizing that we all have our own priorities in life, right? And that uh, to focus on one thing, like making good, serious progress in a career, you almost, by its very nature, have to allow other things to take a back seat. And that's not to say that uh, entrepreneurialism hasn't progressed you in your career, Ben, although, of course, I don't know, and I'm making big assumptions here. Uh, But I think we all have to 
um, and I certainly have over the years, turn our back on so many opportunities uh, to afford ourselves the opportunity to say yes to those that we really, really want. Um, But saying that, look, I don't think that I could work a job because uh, not that I know what my market value is in the world of employment, but I don't think that there's any sum of money, certainly not a sum of money that I would be worth that would allow me to go down that route. Because at the end of the day, uh, and I think this is the same for a lot of business owners, it's kind of about self-actualization. It's about uh, waking up and doing that one thing that you're drawn towards so badly. And I think that if uh, if I was by some uh, different route, in employment right now and I had this this pull this drive inside of me uh, I would use my entrepreneurial tendencies if you want to call them that to find a way out of that job and find a way towards doing whatever it is I want to do now I note that in Ben's question he says that uh, some entrepreneurs who almost feel like they're destined to run a business but never have a killer idea uh, I guess are held back from that But I don't think that you need to have a killer idea. I mean, look at my business, right? It is the most, uh, don't get me wrong, the work we do is very effective for our clients and that's why our retention rate is so good. But it's hardly rocket science. We're a service-based business and we're very transactional in that sense. And it is, we're not reinventing the wheel. Uh, Although the the technologies and the methods we use have progressed compared to say, marketing agencies 50 years ago, our business isn't a killer idea. It's all in the execution. So I don't know. I'm not sure that if, if somebody really wants to run a business that badly and they want it above anything else in life, I'm not sure that there's actually anything stopping you from doing it. But then, like you say, I don't know the realities of living on the other side, as I put it, being somebody in a different situation. We all have shit to contend with. So I don't know. I'm not really sure where I was going with those thoughts, but yeah. I just think that if if you want something badly enough above anything else, um, it will be that one thing that you're drawn to. And yeah, I think that's all I can add. And that is all I have for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Next week is the big one. Next week is when we reach episode 26, which is the halfway point of this series. Uh, I promised you last week that I was going to tell you more about the newsletter I'll be honest with you, I haven't got around to setting up the back end of um, having a form to receive your email addresses to subscribe you to that newsletter. So I promise you uh, that form, that website will be up this time next week so that we can uh, get moving. And as of next week, I'm going to start sending out emails two a week, one every Monday, one every Thursday. And I'm really, really looking forward to connecting with you in that way as well. But in the meantime... Uh, please do feel free to share this episode if you feel it's worth it. And if you're in iTunes, if you're in Apple Podcasts, if you haven't already, please do give this show a five-star review. Uh, it helps with discoverability and all sorts of other things. Okay, that's it. Thank you very much for listening. And I'll see you back here this time next week for episode number 26 of Life and Lessons. See you then.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.